0: Coming up on Tech News Today, is Best Buy lying on purpose? We'll decide that. Also, the TJ Maxx hacker claims the government made him do it. The government says we didn't make him do anything. And Sarah Lane ousts Waz. All that and more coming up. Netcasts you love.
1: From people you trust.
0: This This is is Twit. This is Tech News Today for Thursday, April 8th, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by Netflix. Watch thousands of TV episodes and movies streamed to your PC, Mac, or TV instantly. Plus, get DVDs by mail in about one business day for your free 30-day trial. Go to netflix.com slash twit. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt.
2: I'm Sarah Lane.
3: I'm Isaac Tarra. And the music just disappeared for some reason. I'm Awkward. Jason Howell. It's just dramatic. Maybe
2: this laptop
0: just locked up again. I don't know. This is the show where we kick around the tech news of the day and uh, hope that the laptop stays up for the entire show so oh. that we can have our exit music. Uh, joining us uh, from across the continent, Mr. Peter Ha, tech editor for The Daily. Welcome to the show, Peter. Hey, Peter. Thanks for having me. Thanks for, uh, for being with us to go through the, uh, the stories of the day. Uh, Google uh, announced a major reorganization. Uh, we we'd, we'd indicated that this was coming. He was going to put all the engineers in charge. And that seems to be what he's done. Sundar Pichai, now Senior Vice President of Chrome. Vic Gundotra is Senior Vice President of Social. Andy Rubin is now SVP of Mobile. Salar Kamengar, SVP of YouTube and Video. Alan Eustace, SVP of Search. And Susan Wojcicki, uh, SVP of ads, and then later it was uh, reported that one more core product area was added. Uh, Jeff Huber now leads commerce and local, but this does leave several uh, critical people out of the loop.
3: What's interesting about this is that this is completely a departure from Schmidt's route. I mean, the, Eric Schmidt is no longer the CEO there, but he's still at Google, so if something goes horribly wrong, they can always go back. They can go, Eric, what do we do? But uh, this, new, this new lineup is interesting because we have Page in the center, and we have six pretty much autonomous, like, almost, they want to call them startups almost. They want to run like Android. They want to run like Android, and I think it was, what's the other division that, that was running autonomously? Well, YouTube. 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 That's right. Yeah. And so they want to be able to bypass the whole uh, operating committee that Google had. So it seems like decisions will be easier be easier made, and it's it all depends on Page, right? Like, if there's no communication between these autonomous entities, you could have a real problem.
2: It's very, uh, it's getting kind of soap opera-ish, though, uh, especially, um, I I guess it's All Things D who coined the term page yank, uh, which refers (laughs) to executives that may be the next on the chopping block, so to speak, and it kind of goes through who they think might actually uh, be asked to leave Google, um, or for whatever reason may not have a, a fit anymore um, in Paige's world because they're not close to him or because they're hard to work with or for a variety of reasons. Um, and kind of gets into some personal stuff, like so-and-so has, has, set, has, has notoriously smart, but very difficult woman. She's probably right. on her way out type of a thing. So it's, it's, it's implied that um, this reorg is just beginning.
3: Yeah, these six are all close to Larry Page, and actually, one of the people that is in that list and all things D helped create the old managerial structure. So, since Page threw that out, there's a good chance she's also going out too. Yeah, the people that are on the
0: outs, uh, well, not on the outs, but the people not in those seven. Mm -hmm. uh, Well, there were six, but now now there are seven uh, startup type departments. Uh, Nikesh Arora, SVP and Chief Business Officer, which uh, people think, you know, well. You don't need, you need a chief business officer for other reasons. Right. David Drummond, uh, SVP corporate development and chief legal officer. Well, you obviously need a legal officer. Shona Brown, SVP business ops and Patrick Pichette, SVP and chief financial officer, which Pichette is the guy that you hear usually on the earnings calls. So I can't see them getting rid of these people necessarily, but there's a lot of controversy. Peter, what do you make uh, of this reorg? It puts Larry Page at the center of all of these. Uh, they all answer to him, which puts a big burden on him to, to make a lot of calls.
1: Well, you know, I think from what I've sort of read on, online from various places that he wants to put a sense of urgency towards everyone to sort of get them to innovate again. Um, and I know from past experiences that what Google does is, you know, rather than build products themselves, right, they go out and buy them. So is this what Page wants them to do now is sort of go back to the drawing board and start from the ground up again and start building their own products rather than going out to purchase all these other startups that have been doing something that they're sort of mildly interested in doing. Um, as far as the reorg goes, I mean, I guess it's anybody's, anybody's guess at this point. I mean, we'll have to see what happens in the next couple of weeks um, and see if, if anyone sort of gets, uh, gets gets pushed out the door.
0: Yeah. yeah. Are, you, are we going to have uh, reporters camping out outside of the campus <laughs> looking for people carrying boxes? We'll, uh,
1: we'll send out our drones, actually. That's what yeah. we'll do.
2: We love you, Marissa. We're so sorry.
3: No. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You'll have a bunch of other companies, like headhunters, sitting outside like, oh, they left the office. Come over here. We need you. Facebook van is circling right now. (laughs) Seriously.
0: ITA, uh, software acquisition now cleared. Uh, We we reported that this would would possibly be cleared soon, and today the Department of Justice uh, actually filed suit against Google that's an interesting way of of of
2: saying we object prosecuting
0: this but that filing of the suit means that they can also then propose an agreement to the suit uh, and Google has agreed to the to the terms Google will be required to continue to license ITA's QPX software uh, that's that's airfare software uh, that is used by a lot of different companies like Expedia, like Kayak. Uh, they, Google will have to continue to license those on commercially re- commercially reasonable terms, uh, and then Google will also be required to continue to fund research and development of that product for at least similar levels to what ITA had been spending for the next five years. Google will also be required to further develop and offer IT's next generation of InstaSearch, uh, and uh, essentially. Keep ITA
3: firewalled off
0: so that any proprietary information that they have to share with their partners won't be shared with anyone else in Google outside of ITA.
3: Google did say they were going to extend their contracts anyway, no matter what was going to happen with the DOJ. On top of that, the DOJ is trying to make Google honest about this whole ITA thing so that other companies can still use this technology. And while this time is going on, maybe there will be other competitors popping up so that that will fill the void in the marketplace. Because if Google has this information, well, they control it. And thanks to the DOJ, you'll be able to access it in a lot of other areas.
2: Why is ITA's QPX software... So important, so difficult for a company to just replicate. Well, it's I mean, just
0: used widely, and yeah. and so uh, what Google could do is go in and say, "Hey, we we own ITA now. We're the only one who gets to use it," and then you end the business of Kayak. But I mean, right there.
2: Okay, but so Kayak uh, couldn't write something that was similar that they could use internally? It
3: probably could just be a money issue. I mean, if you think about it, it's easier to license something than to have to build it all time. in-house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like Deals to, with all the airlines. If you think about right. a kayak could go under in the time they're trying to, like, you know, scramble behind the scenes, like, okay, we need to write up something really fast right now, and you could have bad results, you could hurt your name, so as long as they still have a license for ITA stuff, they're still good.
2: It just seems like something that a company may have thought of before right now. Um, hey, <laughs> maybe we should have our own version of this so we're not... Um, putting all our eggs into ITA's basket. Well,
3: well there are other companies out th- there.
0: Yeah, there certainly are other companies, but you, you know, folks just didn't want Google coming in and yanking out the most popular one mm-hmm. uh, and hoarding it to themselves. Robert Burge, chief marketing officer for Kayak, says we see the Justice Department deciding to impose antitrust restrictions on Google as quite simply a win for consumers. There's quite a lot more to happen on this. So, so the folks of FairSearch.org are happy about this as well. Google's happy because they get to acquire ITA. Mm-hmm. Uh, the folks at FairSearch, which are a band of companies, including Microsoft, that banded together to protest the acquisition, are happy because they think that the DOJ is not going to stop here, that they're going to widen their investigation. Sure, they're going to allow the ITA acquisition, but the things mm-hmm. they've seen here will mean they will expand an antitrust uh, examination to Google as a search engine. Uh, Peter, do you, do you think that's something Google has to worry about?
1: Uh, Actually, you know, it's pretty interesting that everyone is sort of uh, okay with this entire deal, Google included. Um, obviously, you know, well, I mean, they obviously wanted it to happen, but um, it's interesting that the guys at Expedia are sort of okay with it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but ITA provides all the sort of, I guess, the back-end searching, right, for most of the major yeah um, deal sites.
0: That's, uh, I think so that's right. So
1: I guess... I don't know what is going to happen in the next five years with IT and Google. Um, I know they have to sort of build it out, but my question is, why did they want IT in the first place?
0: They they want to provide a quick search, so you put you put a fare right. in in the search engine. Or end, you and, say something like, yeah, you can buy a, you can buy the ticket right from the, the yeah, Insta search yeah. results. Five
2: hundred dollars vacation, sunny, yeah,
1: but, and right. you get the results
2: same. in your you know on your first page, but then you also get actual flights that appear on right, top.
1: But, But what about the folks that use it? So, like Hitmonk, for instance. Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, Well, as
1: long as Google still has to provide the software, right, or the back end of it, then I guess sort of why does it matter?
3: I think the big fear was that Google was not going to continue the licensing, and they would be the only one. And Google has said a couple of times, we are not going to be going into the business of selling plane tickets. We just want to license this just the way it has been in the past.
0: And uh, meanwhile, another coincident uh, shakeup is that TripAdvisor was spun out of Expedia.com and acquired by Interactive Corporation, uh, Barry Diller's company. Uh, or I'm sorry, it, it used to be a part of Interactive Corporation. It's now being spun out after it was acquired by Expedia. Expedia brand will continue operations through Expedia.com, Hotels.com, Hotwire, and others. And then a second company called TripAdvisor will be made up of TripAdvisor.com, as well as 18 other travel media and advertising brands. There's an example. Expedia, I, I think I misspoke earlier and said, they use uh, IAC, IAC or um, that they use ITA and they don't. Uh, Expedia ha- has their own deals. Uh, so so now they're splitting off into two companies as well.
2: I don't really understand what's the point of splitting off. I mean, I know when you uh, read reviews on TripAdvisor, which I do all the time because I like to know if somebody's been to a hotel and they hated it or whatever, but it'll suggest would you like, uh, you know, let's say the hotel has great reviews, would you like to book a trip through Expedia right now and maybe uh, add a rental car? wouldn't they still do that? I mean, two companies, but it's not as if TripAdvisor isn't going to be suggesting Expedia as the place to go. Well,
3: there's a whole lot of legal reasons why you would do something like this. It could also just be a managerial thing. They just want to make sure these companies are working as hard as they can. Maybe they just maybe they ran into the same thing what uh, Paige was saying, bureaucracy. They're like, hey, okay, look, this is mm-hmm. two separate companies and they could probably do better by being separated. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, TripAdvisor <laughs> could use some work, so maybe they'll thrive <laughs> a little bit uh, as an, as an, as an indie yeah. company. Or they
3: can't just sit on the laurels.
0: YouTube launched their live streaming business in a bigger way today. Uh, YouTube.com slash live. You can find lots of shows streaming, including our friend Darren Kitchen, Uh, You find him on Tech News Today every Monday. His Hack 5 show is on YouTube Live. That's Uh, great. Geek Beat TV with Callie Lewis is on there. Uh, And a lot of other shows are are going through YouTube as a part of its trusted partners.
2: Now, okay, so uh, are these shows that were live in some other form and now are going to be live on YouTube? Or is this a new trajectory for... The sh- these shows that YouTube is saying, hey, want to go live? We're going to offer you the capability.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, for instance, Hack 5, uh, it, it has been live before, but mm-hmm. now it's going to be able to do a lot more and use the YouTube infrastructure uh, to do things like pre-show and, and post-show and, and all of that sort of thing. And it's YouTube's play to get you to do appointment viewing and have original content. They, remember, they said they're going to spend $100 million on original content. Uh, this is probably some free content here.
3: On the appointment viewing thing, they also have a little uh, widget where you can just click on a link, and it'll put the information about the live show in your calendar. It's iCal, GCal. It's kind of a nice little feature. Uh, I think they used to stream a whole bunch of other things like Soccer and other sports at the same time is testing this out, and uh, this is a beta, so it's going to be rolling out. I'm expecting this to be everybody will be able to do this eventually, but they are still worried about the whole not safe for work stuff. They don't want a whole like chat roulette thing happening on YouTube, randomly, because I mean this is still Google's still behind this, and they have a big image to protect.
2: Um, I like the way that they are um, trying to integrate Google services as much as possible to help you not miss a show. Mm-hmm. I mean at Twitter, obviously we're very used to this being able to. Uh, spread the word of when we, are we live, what time, when do I, when do I tune in? Are we going to be on time? that kind of thing, and that 's a struggle for anybody who 's doing live programming online, so I think uh, they 're in a position to really be successful here. But Peter,
0: Peter, what do you think? Uh, you know when people are looking at their their TV interface and they see yeah. Hulu and Netflix and YouTube, are they going to be compelled to watch YouTube with this with this kind of show selection?
1: Uh, I will actually probably start watching this mainly because I've paid for Hulu Plus in the past and I get more commercials than or ads than I do actual video content. And I just moved, so I don't have cable anymore. So I'm looking for sort of alternatives um, as opposed to just using Netflix um, and just watching all the Blu-rays that I've been watching for the last three years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this is great. I mean, I guess I'm just wondering what's the approval process though? And, and how does one go about...
3: Yeah, how do you become a, a trusted show? partner? Yeah, I think you might have to know somebody on the inside. I think that seems, seems oh, to well that's, it. that's
0: the only way I know right now. Yeah. <laughs> Is you, you know somebody, or you you know somebody at Google, or you contact them uh, at YouTube and you say, hey, I'd like to become a trusted. partner. Wait a second. So
2: it's not about yeah. page views or subscriber count, it's about
1: knowing people who I'm can turn guessing, to flip the switch for you. I don't you. know
0: what the actual policy is.
1: Interesting. Hmm. Actually, I watched I actually the- like the, the, that they're going to integrate um, calendar functionality. That's kind of
3: yeah, actually too. pretty
1: awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then I don't have to worry about uh, when do I need to set the DVR? I'll just get a, a notification on my phone. I'm like, perfect, done.
3: Actually, I got to check out a live stream of, of uh, Darren's uh, Hack 5 prep. And the video quality was quite good. I think it only goes up to 360p, unfortunately, not 480 or anything like well, that's that. That's interesting. There's a live, uh, live chat. You just sign in with your Google ID, mm-hmm. and you can chat with people mm-hmm. right there. So it has some nice integrated functionality built right in. He said the interface was really simple, too. This is so, better than Yahoo Live. Uh, Remember I did, that? I didn't, I didn't mind Yahoo Live, but <laughs> I'll have to ask him to see what he <laughs> thought of that. Yeah.
1: This could be pretty cool for Google TV now.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think what, what YouTube is trying to say is we're going to differentiate ourselves. Instead of being the, the company that acquires Hollywood stuff, we're going to be the company that acquires original stuff. And we're, we're, they're hoping to find some hits in here now that they're available on all these set-top boxes and all of these televisions as widgets. And and, and they're built into your iPad and your Apple TV they're everywhere. You know, they, they're saying maybe maybe we can be a channel of our own.
3: Oh, yeah. On top of that, they have that reorganization of the channels that are coming up. If you have live professional content, just another, another revenue stream for them, another good way for us to find content.
0: All right, let's take a uh, quick break and uh, tell you about one of those options you, you have to watch content. Netflix, stream directly to your PC or Mac uh, on your Netflix-ready device, and you can get DVDs by mail. And if you'd like to try out Netflix, no commercials. Uh, Peter, you you don't have to worry about that. You just get the movies and TV shows you want. I've been watching... uh, I was was saying this on our WonderCon coverage. I've been watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer on Netflix, even though I own the DVDs, because it's just easier than getting up and pulling out the DVD and trying to remember which episode you watched last. It's all tracked on Netflix streaming live, so I know, like, oh, yeah, those are watched. I've already seen that. That's the next episode in order. I'm going to watch that. Uh, And I don't have to pop a DVD in and out, uh, if, and, and I'm glad I have the DVDs for the extras, but it, it, Netflix streaming just, just is so much easier if you want to watch actual episodes and movies of stuff. So why not try it out for free? Be sure to sign up your free trial at netflix.com slash twit. Instantly watch movies or choose from thousands of TV episodes uh, when you register for that free trial membership. And we thank Netflix for their support. Best Buy is in hot water again for <laughs> essentially lying to their customers. Uh, they, they, Boy Genius Report says that employees of at least two Best Buy stores were told by managers not to sell iPad 2 inventory on Thursday afternoon uh, unless someone had reserved the item ahead of time and just tell people that, you know, we're out of stock. Uh, Best Buy responded to Boy Genius Report via email and said, our stores have been asked to temporarily hold non-reserved iPad 2 inventory for an upcoming promotion. Uh, and I guess this happens a lot.
2: Yeah, it's customary practice uh, when there are supply constraints, according to Best Buy, and uh, it's sort of Best Buy is sort of like, what, what's going on? What's the problem? I mean, the problem is, is that they're saying that they don't have any when they actually do.
3: Yeah, I wasn't really quite c- clear on the reasoning. Why would they not say that they have them if they have them? Because I think that's just upsetting well, to customers yeah, if say, they think they're selling. Oh them yeah, we've the got bathroom. them, but we can't sell them. And yet. they were holding them back for what reason? <laughs> Uh, an upcoming promotion. A promotion, so they'll be able to sell them at a discounted rate. Is that actually what's going to happen?
0: Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a discount.
3: Or should we have lots of iPads on Saturday? It's iPad Saturday. Yeah, okay, All right. maybe they're going to put them in a circular.
1: Well, yeah. You know, actually, I had this happen to me with the first iPad. I remember going in and asking one of the, the customer service guys, "I'm like, hey, I'm looking for a 64 gig uh, Wi-Fi and 3G." iPad 1. He's like, "Oh, we don't have any." I'm like, "Well, I just checked online, and it says uh-huh. that your store has them." It's like, "Oh, well, let me go check." <laughs> and then I asked someone else and he's like, "Oh, yeah, we've got some in the cage back behind the counter." I'm like, "What? Why wouldn't you just tell me that you have one? I'm willing to give you money." Yeah. I don't understand.
0: And that happened with my wife when she went to buy the Motorola Zoom. She looked online and found the 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 store that had one, walked in, like, "I want the Motorola Zoom Wi-Fi only." Like, "Oh, we don't have that." She's like, well, no, you you do. I looked online. Oh, well, let me check. Are there and were then, there
1: shortages of the Zoom? Yeah, I don't think
0: so. <laughs> uh, not that but I they know were pro of.
2: I mean, the Zoom was probably this exact same scenario where there was some sort of upcoming push where they were going to make yeah. a big deal out of it, and they just wanted to whatever Zooms they had in stock, they wanted to reserve them uh to i don't know move more merchandise but apple's like wait a second you can't just be holding on to these there's a shortage people are mad they want their ipads sell you
0: know it could be uh when you advertise a product in a circular uh one of those little inserts that goes in the newspaper you have to have it on hand at least one of them at the price you advertised on the day that ad comes out they may be worried that you know they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have this ad come out saying come to best buy and get the ipad and they're, they're going to have too many people show up, and they, they wouldn't have any iPads left. So they want to make sure that they have enough that they can satisfy people and say, "Oh, well, we did have you know a dozen today," uh, and 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 they know that they can bring in a lot more foot traffic on the weekend with an ad like that than they can in the middle of the week.
3: Well, how many do they have, Do they have to keep on hand? Can they just keep like one locked away and just sell the rest? Or? Well, technically, yeah,
0: but I imagine they are they're, they're thinking, well, let's let's keep six of them on hand. Yeah, I don't know how many they actually, have on hand that are, that are the whole, socked away. The whole
3: circular kind of thing is like, oh, look, you go in for the iPad sale, and then you buy all the high-margin yeah. accessories. Maybe that's why they're keeping them. They're oh, like, totally. oh, yeah, look, here's a case. It costs you $80. Bucks. Mm-hmm. That's like, you know, <laughs> cost them like
0: $0.15. A uh, report out uh, today from HTTP Archive. An interesting project, actually. Much like Archive.org tries to save all of the pages on the Internet, HTTP Archive is trying to save stats about how the internet works. So they have been tracking usage of all different kinds of protocols and downloads. One of the things they've been tracking is flash usage from Adobe. Uh, And they've marked a 2% drop in flash usage between November 15th, 2010, when they began their survey, uh, through March 29th, 2011. Uh, And they think that Apple's anti-flash stance is having a little bit of an effect. Now, flash usage did rise to 50% in December. So it went from 49 up... In December to 50, and then back down to 47 percent. But to give you a, a, a you know, they, you could you could make the number look bigger by picking your your opening point in December. Mm-hmm. But just saying, like the earliest data we have is November, and that's an only, only a two percent drop uh, from November to uh, to the current time, March 29th, 2011. Do do we think that flash is actually on its way out? I mean, it's had there have been so many rumors about. Flash delaying the playbook, uh, mm-hmm. Flash issues on the Zoom. It's still in beta on Android Honeycomb. Uh, it, and it's starting to look like maybe Steve Jobs' personal problem with Adobe or not was right to just say, you know what, I'm not going to mess with this.
2: So, I mean, when, when we're talking about flash, flash usage, we're talking about websites, the top 17,000 websites that use Flash or people actually clicking on Flash-related content or both I mean, are, are we talking about sites that are stripping out Flash because it's taking too long to load, and they don't think people are going to come back, well, or is this people just skipping Flash content because for whatever reason?
3: Well, a lot of the video sites have moved to HTML5 players mm-hmm. anyway, and, and he's checking 17,000 top websites now. I don't he's ta- know. He's talking about how they're built, so whether
0: they incorporate Flash or not.
3: Right, I'm not sure. Like, if if, if one of those 17,000 is like Google.com, which has like nothing, you know, it's just just one image. So mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what exactly is the percentage of flash using sites from last year as compared right. to this one So it'd be interesting to see the the more data on this if it's uh, available yeah well exactly this is early days
0: uh, you know this this only goes like we said from November through March uh, after they get a year of usage if we start to see a line continuing to go down um, then I then I think we'll believe it but even before the iPhone came out and didn't support flash I didn't like it when I ran into a site with flash well, because I it was, you know, it
3: was it, it was less usable in mm-hmm. most cases. Yeah. You know, when Chrome crashes and you see what crashed, you always see Adobe Shockwave has crashed, and you're like, oh, <laughs> great. I remember that. And then keep seeing that little puzzle piece, even in Chrome, which I think is a little sad. Uh, but then again, the, the thing that's interesting about this is really how quickly a 2% drop happened. It's November to March. That's only like three months, four months. So if it can drop 2% in four months, and if the iPad and other iOS devices keep gaining steam and HTML5 stuff, and even if there's like, I don't know, Chrome OS tablets like we were talking about the other day, web app-based HTML5 stuff, it seems like the push away from Flash could actually happen much faster uh, according to this thing. Yeah,
2: Peter- I think, I think uh, 2%, it's safe to say that you know, that could just be websites saying, let's, let's move away from Flash. Uh, there seems to be a, an anti-Flash trend going on. Some people are being very vocal about it. Let's just strip it out and be safe.
0: UK Raiders fan brings up the point. He's like, why is this being tied to Apple? Maybe maybe people are just tired of Flash. Over
1: it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, P- Peter, do you think that, that Flash is on the decline or is
0: this just a blip?
1: Uh, actually, you know, I do sort of think that's on the decline. I mean, I think, like everyone else, I-, I said in the beginning of, of you know, Apple's dominance and like in the mobile space, but, you know, before the iPhone and the iPad came out, I said, oh, you know, everyone's going to want Flash. But ever since I've had the iPad and the iPad 2 and I've Test out the Zoom. You know, Tom, you brought this up before the show and you said, you know, trying to watch anything like a Flash video or going to a Flash site on the Zoom is just Hurt the worst experience possible. Yeah. It just doesn't work. And I'm like, at some point, I think in the last few months, I've just gotten to a point where I just don't care to have Flash anymore. Um, granted, there is that one Flash site where, where a group of people uh, recreated the little handheld electronic games. I think it was called like Pick Pack. Uh, besides that, I have no use <laughs> yeah, for they're, they're, Flash on my iPad or my iPhone.
0: Not, it's not that Flash has never been put to good use. Uh, it's it just that has. as mobile devices uh, rise and and as you know, Flash beca- shows its bugs in browsers on on the desktop. You start to wonder: Well, is this just a patch that we needed to get us by?
1: It's just getting bloated, don't you think?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
1: I mean, I I have for a while at work. I had this ridiculously large Mac Pro. And any time I got to a flashlight, it started to chug along. And I was looking at it, I'm like, this is like a $20,000 machine, and you can't do Flash? Like, I don't understand this. Yeah.
2: It's interesting that uh, all of the non-iPad tablets, you know, touting Flash, and people are saying, well, fi- you know, we need Flash. Oh, my gosh, the Zoom's going to be great because of the Flash. Well, I mean, it shipped without Flash. Uh, the playbook, what's wrong with the playbook? Why is it delayed? Might be because of Flash. It's like, I mean, is Flash just not a good idea on tablets? We're not we're not well, seeing some seamless integration here.
3: And the sites aren't necessarily doing what they need to do as far as the zoom or touch interfaces are concerned, aren't necessarily yeah. doing what they need to do to optimize Flash for a touch interface. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they, you know, yes, this can do flash in the current you know, ways that it's rolled out on the internet. But that does you no good if you're touching the button to pull up. Like, I tried it on a YouTube video yesterday on the Zoom, in fact. Tried to change the quality. And only when I had my finger on the button would it appear. And then the second I tried to move it, it would disappear. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're not changing, you know, the code behind it to work.
0: Well, uh, and if you're going to change your code to optimize for touch, are you going to change it to optimize for flash touch or iPad and use HTML5? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I, I think there is, there is an apple effect. How big it is, is is up for debate. Albert Gonzalez is the TJ Maxx hacker. Uh, he pleaded guilty to leading one of the largest cases of credit card theft in the United States and is now asking a judge to toss out his guilty pleas, arguing that they were part of his assignments as a paid government informant. Uh, he did not realize that he could have used that as a defense. He says, uh, and it turns out that, yes, Gonzalez became a confidential informant for the Secret Service when he was arrested in New York in 2003 after withdrawing cash from ATMs using stolen card numbers. While working closely with agents for more than four years to put other carters behind bars, he was simultaneously running his criminal enterprise, which he called Operation Get Rich or Die Tryin'. Did
2: did he make bumper stickers or T-shirts or...
0: Yeah, I probably uh, had a Zazzle <laughs> shop, I'm guessing. Um,
2: <laughs> Etsy store. Yeah. Macrame. Little, some
0: little macrame Shell stuff. Art. How did
1: the Secret Service not know this from the beginning? Well, and they, uh, that's they, what I understand.
0: they say they did know about it uh, and that he decided to to break the law. And so they arrested him. Uh, that The fact that he was an informant only protected him in a, a limited amount of sense. Uh, but if he wants to go be a criminal, then they're not going to protect him from that. He says that he never would have pleaded guilty if he'd known about the public authority defense, which is used when a defendant argues that a crime was committed with the approval of the government. Uh, I think I think he's just desperate.
2: Yeah, I mean, when I first read right. the story, I was like, holy crap. I mean, does he have a mental illness history, something on record? <laughs> the because government was
0: telling me to cle- do it, man. He's clearly
2: delusional. But I mean, the, the Secret Service pretty much said, listen, we're going to you know, you're, you're withdrawing cash illegally. We're going to keep you out of jail, but you have to become a narc yeah. for us. And he's like, okay. And so he's doing that, but he's still being a criminal on the side. Secret Service is like, well, wait, are I mean, you don't have immunity to just do right. whatever you want.
0: But to a certain extent, he has to continue to keep his ties and his and his credibility with, with the with the Carters. Uh, and so he'll probably have to do some some questionable things for that. But starting an operation called Get Rich or Die Trying... <laughs> seems to me to go beyond the pale of what the Secret
3: Service might be willing to tolerate.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's no way that the Secret Service was like, please start a criminal operation called Get Richard or What and...
3: if he was assigned that? He thought he had blanket immunity to keep doing whatever he wanted. I and, th- you know th- it, th-
1: Maybe th- it's a
0: conspiracy. How much maybe
1: time did he have yeah. to do this before the Secret Service was like, whoa, 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 whoa.
3: Well, he became an this informant
0: is... in 2003 and he was arrested okay. uh, 2008, I think.
1: I've... So it took them five years.
2: I mean, may- that out? May- maybe they knew about it, but it, you know, finally he went too far type of a thing. Yeah. I, you know, they probably had a pretty good idea of what he was doing. I think poor Albert Gonzalez just thought, listen, I'm an informant. They can't rat on me because then they're ratting on themselves, so I can kind of do whatever. And now he's desperate. He
0: says all of this inflated my ego and made me feel very important and made me feel like I was really a part of the Secret Service with the backing and support of the government agency. One day I was unknown and nothing, and the next day I'm being hailed as a genius and giving presentations to Secret Service agents in Washington, (laughs) D.C. All of this was mind boggling for me, man. Oh, the sob
2: story. He could guilt. You could guilt the government into letting him go free. Yeah,
0: you can't guilting the government hardly they, ever works. I
2: don't care. Yeah. I'm
0: yeah. trying to guilt them into not shutting down this weekend.
2: <laughs> not paying any attention. They're not listening.
0: They're, they're going to close the parks. Yeah. It's 1993 all over again. Uh, finally, uh, Microsoft uh, Windows 8 uh, is out there in the world, and Long Zheng over at iStartedSomething.com has found something interesting. It is a smart screen filter for files. Now, uh, uh, smart screen was originally a feature from Internet Explorer, also integrated into Windows Live Messenger, which. Uh, Checks links against a dynamic list of illegal, viral, fraudulent, or malicious URLs, and Microsoft manually or algorithmically identifies those. And then if a link is compared to that list, it pops up a screen that says, hey, wait a minute, this, this is a match. You might not want to do this. Uh, it's been pretty effective in preventing socially engineered malware, uh, they are now going to apply it to the file system and proactively prevent any downloaded application from running that are unknown to the filter, as well as reactively check your file system periodically for any kind of files that match the list.
3: Yeah, like Because Windows is 9 out of every 10 desktops, you have the uh, the chance of downloading all kinds of stupid things, making mistakes, or the population may not be paying attention to security. Now, if Microsoft is actually making their operating system more secure from the ground up, that means you don't have to bother running all these things in the background necessarily, checking all the time. Do I have this process running? Do I have this antivirus, this internet security suite, whatever? It's already built in. Now, the implementation, I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to freeze everything, if it's going to be like a whole bunch of Vista jokes again, like allow, or deny. Like, I don't know how it's actually going to be. But in theory, I think this is a great idea. What could possibly be. Was anyone go wrong? else
1: thinking about the whole kerfuffle with the Samsung laptops that happened a couple of weeks ago?
3: Oh, the keylogger, no, yeah, everyone... because
0: there was a there was a a, a, a false positive yeah. uh, with the with the guy from Network World saying, "Hey, you know what? I I, I think this is a keylogger," and it turned out it wasn't. It was just Microsoft's tool misidentifying it.
3: But <laughs> <laughs> well, that means it could be corrected because it's a dynamic thing. Okay, it's not like it, it's not going online. It's going online. It's going to check. So that if something is being targeted as the wrong thing or is being flagged as the wrong thing, that could be changed. So it's not like. Uh, out-of-date virus definitions or something like that.
0: Well, and, and also the, uh, the never run programs option is not on by default. Uh, so so you, you can have it go ahead and, and run a program, even if it hits the smart screen. Uh, they, you don't have to have it set to never run programs, which would mean if it found something against the filter, it would refuse to run it.
3: Right, and I think advanced users like us, if we are using this on Windows 8, would turn it off in whatever options we want. I mean, we run it the way we want, we want to run it. This is for, like, the general public.
0: Yeah. All right, let's move on to the news fuse. If the United States government doesn't pass a budget, we're looking at a government shutdown. A memo was sent out to federal agencies that their .gov sites may be coming down as well. Only a few will still be up, like tax collection sites, although refunds will be stopped. Huh, interesting. Maybe the government could migrate their sites to Google sites. Those are free. (laughs)
2: The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit ruled that computers and other digital devices can be seized at the United States border without a warrant. On top of that, the devices can be sent to a secondary site to be inspected, you know, if if the first site isn't enough. So if you're traveling in and out of the United States, you might want to store all your data in the cloud in case your laptop is seized, because even if you don't have anything bad on your laptop, you might go hungry waiting for them to... Take your laptop to a second site to look at it for a while. Yeah.
3: In the first quarter of this year, smartphone maker HTC made some serious money: 513 million dollars in revenue, with three times the profit compared to last year's quarter, the like, same time last year that quarter. It looks like HTC's strategy of making smartphones with any operating system that seems to be working.
0: Japan apparently does not love the Nintendo 3DS. The brand new 3D handheld game system is getting outsold by the good old Sony PSP. Look at that. PSP sold over 58,000 units compared to the 3DS's nearly 43,000 during the week of March 28th. So, 3DS not totally hated, but still got outsold by something that's five years old.
2: So, you may have uh, seen some of these headlines that read, Steve Wozniak says he would consider return to Apple. Steve Wozniak go, taking over Apple. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe the Woz, the Woz is, is back. back. Not exactly what happened. Uh, you know, sensational uh, headlines and all. When asked if Waz would like to play an active role in Apple, if asked, he said, I'd consider it. Yeah. So we have Waz saying something somewhat mundane and it getting blown out of proportion.
0: <laughs> if you, I mean, <laughs> we could do this right now. Like, Sarah, if if Apple asked you to uh, become the head of Apple, would you consider it?
3: I'd consider it. Sarah yeah. Lane Sarah- says she'll go to Apple. Sarah Lane to take over Apple? Yes. She's going to push out Waz. Waz wanted to come back, I hear. No. <laughs>
2: Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's, you got to read between the lines.
3: The Samsung Galaxy tab is getting an update in Verizon. Is the tab getting Android 2.3? Really? No. Oh. Not at all. That, that'd be nice, but that's not happening. Uh, Verizon is rolling out a software update that would punch up browser performance, tweak the email app, and increase battery life. If you have a Verizon tab, you'll get a notification on your device that says there's a system update. All you got to do is tap install.
0: Uh, do you remember the No tablet, the K-N-O tablet, yeah. anybody? It's the educational. looks like two knowledge. tablets connected via a hinge. Right. Yeah. Really yeah, no for knowledge. Uh, they just landed 30 million cold ones,
3: not dollars. Beers, beers, dollars,
0: uh, of note. Intel invested 20 million of that infusion. In fact, Intel's going to take over the hardware part of it. no's going to concentrate on the software, and that's what the money will be used for.
2: And following up on Tuesday's procedural <laughs> resolution against the FCC's uh, net neutrality rules, Uh, The U.S. House of Representatives voted 240 to 179 to disapprove the rules the FCC had drafted but still not yet published in the Federal Register. The Senate would have to approve the same resolution to overturn the rules, and the White House has indicated that it would veto any such bill.
0: So wait, they couldn't fund the government, but they had time to vote down net neutrality rules that haven't been published yet.
2: Yeah. Yeah apparently they have time for certain things. priorities just ah, not for tax refunds
0: all right uh let's finish up with a uh, a piece of weird science from <laughs> mit's technology review weird science uh, <laughs> augmented reality <laughs> interface awesome that exploits the human nervous system to cut down on distraction uh in other words uh, it's augmented reality so it's glasses that show you kind of a uh, heads-up display and objects that demand attention in the user's peripheral vision are shown to simple icons that can be processed even with limited views, visual acuity you have per, for peripheral vision. So you just see like a little eye or something. And if you want more information, for example, if you want to read an email represented in the peripheral vision by an E icon, you just concentrate on that object and a higher resolution instant of it comes up and you can read the email.
1: I'd like this. So Let this me. is supposed to reduce distraction?
0: Yeah, because what what, what if you have like twenty icons all at once? It reduces distraction in the world of augmented reality. So instead of Ah. having all the information that could be displayed at once showing up in your heads up
3: display, it can it can minimize some stuff and make it make it a lot more usable. Are these glasses attached to any like giant backpack as well? I mean looking at the little picture, we got a guy's got some nice eyeglasses and it looks like there's a string or something. Oh yeah. A wire. I mean what what is what kind of weight are we talking about here? Well, the, yeah, this is, this is just laboratory stuff. You're attached to Watson. <laughs> 27,000 servers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, you, you have to have a mainframe toted around behind you on casters. No, I'd like the idea of just being able to look at a particular area or concentrate on it, and then it's the active one. I, no, I don't, I don't think
0: it's actually that weighty. I mean, I've seen some augmented reality devices that are that are headsets, and, and all the equipment is in the back. I saw some of those at CES. Uh, so, I, you know, I don't know if, if this is one of those or not, but... But this the information here isn't about the product itself. There's plenty of augmented reality products. This, this information is about the software and about the user interface design uh, able to, to kind of make that easier to use.
1: Now, are they going to have to drill into our heads to get this to work? No, they're not going to have to drill into your heads. Just no, yours.
0: Right. Well, Just mine. That's that's not, yours. Sorry, Peter. I think that's an option. <laughs> You know, you, 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 can, decide. It's a feature. you yeah. can decide to go for the trepanation model or not. Would you
2: like an epidural, sir? Yes.
3: For your augmented reality? For your
1: ARI. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move this on. This reminds to be- me of Futurama. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. It's
3: oh, good. Bachelor trail's coming.
1: Let's move on to the calendar.
2: All right. The leaked Verizon Unleashed pricing sheets details something interesting. A $50 unlimited talk and text plan. Yay! Except that that doesn't include data, so... I don't know if it's the right thing for you, but if it is, there you have it. Uh, The PSP starts streaming, Sony's Music Unlimited service, on April 14th. Microsoft is going to fix 64 flaws on Patch Tuesday next week. The fixes are packaged in 17 bulletins and affect uh, the Windows operating system, Microsoft Office, IE, Visual Studio, the Net Framework, and GDI+. Verizon Wireless confirms to Boy Genius Report that it's eliminating its one-year contract option on April 17th, so it's two years, or you pay a lot more for it. Pay a lot more. Don't get locked in. Yeah, I know. Acer's Android tablet, the Iconia. Iconia? Iconia. Iconia. God, I can't say that right. I said that wrong earlier. I called it the Iconic, which I think would (laughs) kind of be
0: cool. It is Iconic.
2: (laughs) Iconia tab, A500, is out for pre-order today, and an attractive... $450. Runs Honeycomb, has a one gigahertz processor, 16 gigabytes internal storage, Wi-Fi only. The A500 is set up to ship April 24th. And Minecraft is going to exit its beta status on November 11th. Uh, So says the creator, Marcus Person. The full version, it's not going to differ that much, he says. But they're going to keep adding features before and after the beta label comes off. By the way, Minecraft has generated $32 million in revenue.
0: Kids are excited about the Minecraft. Yeah, beta
2: status. Doing well.
0: Yeah, people were paying big money just to get in on the beta. So Mm -hmm. go Minecraft. Go Minecraft. On to the voicemail. You can call and leave one. 260TNT Show is the number. That's our Google Voice number where you can leave a voice message like Zach did. Hi,
1: this is Zach from New Hampshire. I was just listening to you talking about the Amazon
0: Web Service. And one of the points that you made about uh, only storing the files once or only uploading the files once. Uh, it's kind
1: of interesting because if they're using a modern back-end uh, SAN solution, which I can only assume Amazon is,
3: then those SANs are going to
1: do that same deduplication even if you do upload the same file one time or a 100 times. So in effect,
0: that file is only going to get stored one single time. So I, I really wonder how this is going to end up playing out legally, and I'd-, I'd love to hear some of your expert opinions on that. Yeah, th- this is this is a great example of how we just got to get out of the habit of treating the internet like it's an analog to the real world and that, you know, files are pieces of discrete property. Fi- files aren't individual things. They're data and and that data can be infinitely copied and mirrored and moved around and and a file isn't isn't a thing. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's ephemeral. Well, And so a SAN, so what he's saying is a SAN de-dupes and it says, oh, you know what? If that data is exactly the same as this data over here, I'm just going to store it once mm-hmm. and put a pointer to that other yeah. place so that I don't have to take up extra space. That's the way it should work. Data is data. But if they were going to satisfy the record industry, then they'd have to work against the way the SAN works. They'd have to work against efficiency and figure out how to Unefficient, uh, uh, how, to, how to be inefficient in order, size. In, in order to pretend <laughs> like that, that file was an individual thing, which
3: it isn't. Well, that's assuming they use a modern a- a SAN, which is probable. But then again, you know how Amazon couldn't access like the, the Jungle Disk or S3 stuff that you had already? Maybe they are actually managing it differently. It might be stupid, but they might have to do this just to avoid this kind of c- scenario. Because if any uh, RIAA lawyers are hearing this, they're like, wait a minute we have something against amazon yeah. because this is this could be trouble
0: yeah i think this i think it's just an, another example of how uh, the law and business need to adapt to an entirely different world and, and the, you know and there should be a principle and maybe it needs to be legislative or maybe a judge can find it that says digital files aren't property in the in the way that uh, in the way that a chair is property, or way a record is property.
3: But the government's shutting down, so don't even worry about it. Yeah, that's right. right. We got we got other problems. Yeah.
0: <laughs> on to uh, our second voicemail about Google open source and Android.
1: Hey, G and crew. Yeah, on yesterday's show, you guys were talking about uh, Android and, and and releasing the source code, and I wanted to mention that uh, Linux is just the kernel within the Android operating system, which is under the GPL license. And Google did release the source code for the Linux kernel for Honeycomb 3.0. What everyone is uh, complaining about or arguing about is the user land stuff, which is, I believe, under the Apache license. And Google does not have to release that right away. They can hold on to it as long as they want. So they are being compliant with the GPL uh, license and releasing the kernel. So we just have to wait until Google thinks uh, the user land stuff is ready, and then they'll release it. Thanks for the show, guys.
0: Yeah. No, it's a a very good point. And and I I think we need to make that point better, which is Google is well within their rights to do what they're doing with Honeycomb. I think Mm -hmm. the objections are not so much that they're violating the license as that they're not playing by good open source practice. Uh, so when I made the co- comparison to Firefox, Firefox is lauded in, in how open they are. And if Google wants to be more open, uh, then they would go with a GPL license or, or they would go with something more open. But, but he's right. They don't have to. They're, n- they're not violating their terms.
2: Well, I don't think anyone was accusing them of violating anything. They were just accusing them of becoming more of a closed platform.
3: And on top of or, that, or
2: going in that direction. A point
3: that Ars Technica made was that Google was talking about when they introduced Android, we're going to be open, super open, 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 open. Yes, and then it's exactly. like, well, you said you were open, and now you're locking stuff down. That's really what people are really yeah. ticked about is that Google first said, we'll do it, and then they're not.
0: And I think the Google folks get upset when we say locked down or closed because they're like, look, it's an Apache license. We're being as open as an Apache license requires you to be. But it's that our technical point is, yeah, but you were saying, you were at least implying that you were going to be as open as possible. And now you're only
1: being as open as required.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's yeah, a difference
1: there. I, yeah, I mean, you know, there are a couple of people that are saying that Google did this to begin with just to get everyone on board, right? The carriers, the manufacturers, It said we're open, we're not Apple, everything's going to be okay, we're all great, we're all getting along, and then now that they're sort of starting to get momentum, actually, you know, they've had a lot of momentum for a while, but now that they have market share, they can say, okay, we're going to pull in the reins and say, no more, you can't tweak this, you can't do that, and we will release whichever version of Android we feel like releasing whenever we want, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the problem, is, yeah. is everyone saying, no, you guys are closed, and they're like, no, we're not, we're just... You know, we're, we're playing by a different set of rules
0: now. And if you want to hear uh, the, the Google's explanation of what they're doing and why they consider themselves still to be as open as possible, uh, you should watch This Week in Google uh, with Chris DeBona from, from Google's open source project. On He he explains their side of the story uh, very well. Moving on to the email, tnt at tnt.twit.tv is our email address. Brian from Connecticut says... Will left a voicemail about the MakerBot ABS plastics and how they wouldn't be very durable and have a low melting point compared to something like nylon. That's not completely true. While you're not going to be replacing a piston in your car's engine with something off of a MakerBot, the ABS plastics used have a melting point of around 220 degrees Celsius, which is actually very close to nylon. And the ABS plastic is decently tough. It's similar to the plastic you'd find in a Lego piece. Again, it's not titanium, but it's durable enough for many uses. So it's not like some soft putty.
2: Right. Uh, on this, in the same vein, Jeffrey Mathias uh, wrote in and said, Hey, TNT crew, just a quick response to yesterday's call from Will. Shapeways and competitive businesses make 3D printing available in many materials, including a stainless steel bronze mixture for affordable prices. You don't need your own machine, and the resolution on the printers is really high. I don't think we'll see guns coming out quite yet, but it isn't far off. I'm interested to see where the copyright battles go. You
0: know, I was trying to think of a good example because I know I'd seen 3D printing done in metal, and I know the MakerBot doesn't do it as far as I know yet. Uh, so I'm glad that uh, Jeffrey wrote in with a good example of this. There's, I'm really yeah. excited about 3D printing. I, if we're in the Heathkit age of I, 3D printing. It's going to explode in the next 10 years. did you buy a
2: 3D printer recently? I haven't
0: yet. I'm, I've been planning to... You're, t- you're going gonna, to? I was going to take my tax refund and buy a MakerBot.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, but are you still going to? Well,
0: the government shuts you're down. Gonna I'm not going to get, gonna a get my tax refund. <laughs> right. What are you going to print first? What are you What are you going to do with a 3D printer, Tom? I'm going to yeah. play with it. It's, a, it's I'm uh, buying it as a toy. Print
2: guns. Is that what you're going to do, Tom?
0: Toy <laughs> plastic, uh, ABS plastic <laughs> guns. <laughs> right.
2: It's like putty guns, really.
0: With
3: bright orange tips. Yeah. Sure and do that. exactly.
0: No, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mess with it, see what it can do. Uh, maybe I'll print some toys or something. Some money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I could do that with my current printer.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: Illegally, yeah. blocky money. That's all.
3: Yeah. Lego pieces, coins,
0: Bingo. or Lego-like pieces, so as not to violate yes. their copyright. Yes, you, right. you could have hexagonal
3: Lego. units instead of circular.
0: I'll print ones. some coins. I'll print some poker chips, <laughs> some loonies. Yeah.
2: Silver dollars.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Doubloons.
3: <laughs> Tom Money.
0: <laughs> Peter Ha, uh, thanks uh, for for hanging out and uh, talking tech news with us today. It's great to have you on the show. Let folks
1: know about what thanks you do at The Daily. Uh, it's on The Tech Editor at The Daily, and we cover apps, games, and tech every single day. Where can they find it? Uh, you can go to the App Store right now and download it for your iPad, and then eventually down the road sometime soon you can get it on your Android tablet as well.
0: Of course, you can also uh, follow uh, Peter on the Twitters at the Peter Haw, T H E P E T E R H A. Thanks, everybody else, for watching the show. Appreciate you being with us today. Twit.tv slash TNT is the place to find us on the web. You can email us, TNT at twit.tv, or give us a call, 260 TNT Show. We'll see you Monday.